us through the modern wonders of technology. If this is your first time, my name is Jamie, and you're especially welcome in any one of our locations today. And today, as the team have already said, is something of a special Sunday, not maybe for you, but for us, and special for two reasons. Number one, on Friday night, the Irish rugby team hammered France in France. It was God's will, and we give him all the honor and praise for that. Number two, and slightly more important, we are doing our Vision Sunday, everybody. And if this is your first time you're new, what is Vision Sunday? Vision Sunday is something we do twice a year where we can allow people to look behind the curtains, look at the engine room, like what's happening, what's driving this place, what's important to us, what are we hoping for in the future, what have we accomplished in the past, what are we wrestling with in the present. And ultimately what we want you to know today is that our church isn't just a service you come to on a Sunday morning. Our church is a family that you can belong to, but more than just being a family, like a holy huddle for the frozen chosen. Our family is a people on purpose, for purpose, an extraordinary purpose. And as we build out our churches in Navin, Dublin, and the Dock, and dream for even greater things, as we support the launching of new churches all over Ireland and all over Europe, we're really believing that in our lifetime, with our lifetime, that God can do something truly incredible. And if you're sitting in one of our venues today, whether it be here in Dublin or in Avon or in the dock, here's what I want you to know from the get-go. You're sitting in the realization of a miracle. There was a point in time that this church didn't exist. There is a point in time that these locations didn't exist. At some point in time, someone prayed and felt like, God, we should do something about this. And if it's according to your spirit, according to your will, we will step out. And what we see today as we sit in our venues is the hand of God. In fact, right now here in Dublin, Dundalk and Avon, turn to your neighbor and say, what's the crack? Just turn to him and say, hey, what's the crack? It's good to see you. You're very welcome. Did you know you're sitting in a miracle? And it shows us that if we believe for great things and dare to do great things for God, God will always be faithful to his promises. It was the author and philosopher Henry David Thoreau who said this. He said, it's not a matter of what you look at. It's a matter of what you see. And right now, as we get ready to think about some things in our future, consistently and constantly, we're reminded by the Holy Spirit that God has great things in store for those who love him and follow him. This is true of my life. This is true of so many of the lives of people in our environments right now, and this can be true of your life too. Our church, in this regard, exists to inspire ordinary people to an extraordinary purpose in Christ. Here's our belief. You want to know what's this whole thing about? What are these guys really into? Like, what's the bias? What's the premise? Like, what's the meta-narrative? Like, what's, what's the story here? Here's the story. We believe that God has a plan for your life that you're created on purpose, for purpose, and even though you maybe want your parents' plan, and even though life may try to make you feel like you, like you have no purpose, you're lost, forgotten, broken, unfixable, unforgivable, unredeemable, Jesus Christ came into the world and died on a cross for you. He shed his blood to cover your sin. He died so that the price and penalty for that sin could be paid for once and for all. And he rose to new life to give every single man, woman, and child who believes in him the hope and the confidence that if he lives, we can live with him. And when we put our trust in him, when we choose to follow him, when we surrender our lives to him, even though we're still ordinary people going 
going about life in an ordinary way, in an ordinary world, we are characterized and called and beckoned and, and chosen for, for an extraordinary purpose. And so everything that we do, we do for God. And one of the ways we shorten this is we say we exist to inspire the extraordinary. God is doing something extraordinary. When you think about where, where we are right now in Ireland, when you think about you know, our story and the past as just a nation, and especially when it comes to the relationship between our nation and God slash the church, it's not a very pretty story. It's a very contentious, uh, conflicted story. And it's not like right now people in our country are queuing up to go to church. Like most Irish people are not waking up on a Sunday morning going, I wonder where I'll go to church today. They're probably thinking, where's the paracetamol because I have a headache. You know what I'm saying? Or, oh, I better get the dog out before he wrecks the floor. Like people, it's not a priority in their lives. Yet at the same time, even though the church or God or our faith is not an immediate priority in their lives, we see every single day, everywhere we go, even coming here today, we see the need in people's lives for Jesus. Because Ireland has never been more wealthy. Ireland has never been more technologically advanced. Ireland has never had greater food than it has right now. Like, Ireland has never been in a greater position or spot in all of history. Yet, despite having all these things, people are still fundamentally broken and empty. Why? Because the answer is not in stuff. The answer is a person. His name is Jesus. And we exist as a church to remind the world that there is hope and there is help in Jesus. So today in Vision Sunday, I want to take a moment and I want to look at three things. I want to look at some things we're going to celebrate. I want to give you some things that we're going to contemplate. And then I want to give you at the end some things that we're going to concentrate on in the next six months to a year. Let's start off with celebration. Now, very quickly, just if you have your hands, hold on this. Uh, if you don't have your hands, I don't know where they would be. But if you have your hands, hold on this. And we're just going to just do this Not lightly. No noise. No noise. We're going to practice because we're about to clap a lot of people. So you just got to warm up your hands a bit, you know, shake it out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things that have happened in the life of our church in the last six months. One of our most important partnerships is with a great organization called Compassion. And what Compassion exists to do is Compassion help children in poverty. Jesus says consistently in the Gospels that one of the things that we should take responsibility for as his people is the poor, is the broken, is the needy. And I can't think of anybody more vulnerable in our world than a poor child. And so often what happens is, is because whether you're in the first world, like you're fortunately born and grew up here, uh, or from the third world, developing world, what happens is, is it's, when, you're, when your parents' marriage falls apart, when you end up you know, living between places, when you're below the kind of uh, income threshold, uh, basically below the poverty line, like it's hard here. Can you imagine the terror, the turmoil, the devastation of what it's like to go through the same things when the country where there's no social welfare services, there's no housing, there's no access to healthcare, no access to education. It is devastating what people are going through every single day. But we as the church have been called by Jesus to do our part in helping relieve the plight of poverty in the world. And we love compassion and the great work to do. In fact, we love them so much that every year in May, we dedicate a whole Sunday called Compassion Sunday to helping these guys tell us how we can increase and get better at helping people be freed from poverty. So what they do is, is they go into places, they partner with local churches, and basically they come alongside families and they offer sustenance, that is food, clothing, education, social support, so that these children can graduate school, perhaps even college, and break the cycle of poverty in their generation and in their respective nations. Now here's what I want you to know, Lighthouse Church, today. Here's what we're going to celebrate. Here's what we've done.
done 57,121 hours of projects, over 20,562 meals, 360 almost medical checkups, and 178 Bibles have been given away to families because of your giving, your specific giving. In fact, our total support today is over 42,639 euro, which is actually 28% up on last year, and 37 additional gifts were given to children on their birthdays, at Christmas. So good. As we think about our sponsored children, 24 of the kids we sponsor are in their early years, 67 in primary years, 23 uh, in uh, secondary school level, and one young adult, which is pretty amazing. And uh, we have 61 girls, and we have 54 boys. Next slide, please. Isn't that amazing? Here's a photo of all of our children. This is amazing. Look at all these kids. over really amazing. All these young men and women. Man, you know, it's just, it amazes me like, to think what their story would, would have been if it wasn't for people like you and your willingness to be generous. Of the 115 children that are now sponsored by this church, 92 of our kids live in Brazil. And the reason for that is because we have identified that Brazil is a country of strategic interest to us. Brazil has blessed us fundamentally, thoroughly. Let me rephrase that. Brazil has blessed me fundamentally and thoroughly. Um, but you know, in all three of our locations, come on, aren't we so glad that God gave us some Brazilians, everybody? And Brazil, kind of like the United States of America, Brazil is not a country, it's almost a continent in and of itself, it's so massive. So there's, 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 there's parts of Brazil that have great wealth and great affluence and great infrastructure and great education and great opportunity, and there's parts of Brazil that are literally like the wild, wild west. And so we wanted to, because of our connection, focus on uh, Brazil, and so most of our children are in the poorest, most remote parts of the nation of Brazil. Uh, in areas where compassion works, typically houses are constructed by block and cement walls, cement floors, and have tin and corrugated iron roofs. Here's some pictures of what the kind of living conditions are for these people. Most of your sponsored children live in a city location or in a coastal setting. And here's the reality. 83% right now of the population have access to fake sanitation. So you know, almost 17% of people can't even access clean running water. 23% of children aged 5 to 17 are engaged in child labor. And the uh, infant mortality rate is 8.8, which is massive. But what our giving is doing and our praying is doing is, is breaking that cycle and changing the grip of poverty on this part of the world, person by person, life by life, name by name. Let me give you one last story before we move on. This is Maribel's story. Maribel was abandoned by her mother when she was a toddler. When she was eight years old, her father married a woman believing she could be a good mother, but she wasn't. And in fact, Maribel's story is quite tragic in that she suffered exploitation and physical abuse from her stepmother. Yet despite these struggles, she didn't give up. That's a very important thing in today's me message. She didn't give up. She knew God had different plans for her. Uh, through the support of her Compassion Project and sponsor. Sponsor. That's, that's you. Through her Compassion and sponsor, she managed to be the first high school or secondary school graduate in her entire family history. 
She said, I found support in the Compassion Center. My tutor always advised me and encouraged me. I would do better. He was always raising, again, key word, raising. He was always raising my spirit so I wouldn't give up. And so she was registered at eight years old and graduated in 2018. And now she's just recently finished her studies to become an assistant nurse. We are literally changing lives through generosity. So Compassion would say, thank you, Lighthouse Church. Uh, you are making an incredible difference to children living in poverty. And again, if you haven't had the opportunity yet to sponsor a child on Compassion Sunday, the team will be here to explain in detail how it all works. But for like 35 euro a month, you can literally tra- change the trajectory of someone's life, perhaps even a household, definitely future generations, just by being generous. So what a win. Second win I want to celebrate is, of course, missions. Because we as a church have experienced the benefit of churches around the world sending help to us. And we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the generosity and the sacrifice of other churches to help us be where we are. Yet, we understand that even though technically speaking, Ireland is still a mission field, meaning like when you look around, there's so few churches, there's so few uh, opportunities for people to find and follow Jesus. In fact, Ireland is the most unreached English-speaking nation in the world. So we are in our own right 110% in mission field. But Jesus says that we should, we should do, go and do likewise. We, as, as we receive, we should give. It's not wait one day until. It's do what we're called to do. And so as a church who's received so much from other churches doing missions, we also should send. And so before lockdown, we had this vision to send our first ever short-term missions team away from Ireland to Brazil, where I said, like I, like I said, we have strategic partners. And that went really well. And then uh, we were planning on going the next year, and that was the year 2020. So COVID happened, remember that thing? And we couldn't do it. And so last August, we set the team again, uh, first team since before lockdown, uh, to Brazil. Here's one photo I have uh, of, of what was happening. And I just love this. I love this because here's Jenna from our Dublin location, everybody. <laughs> Sinead Fitzpatrick from our Navin location. I love this little center, these kids playing games, and there you see the the Irish flag in the background. And you know what? It's just it's amazing because sometimes missions is going and, and doing big meetings. Sometimes it's, it's doing big things. Oftentimes, it's just showing up in a place where people never expected you to show up and just say, hey, we're here to remind you that God sees you, that God knows you, and that God loves you. And we were able to work with an orphanage. And again, we showed you photos before of just how destitute that place was. And something as simple as painting a wall can just send such a powerful message that, listen, we came all the way from Ireland because we care. We care. And so I'm so grateful for Pastor Patrick, for all the team that went for their sacrifice. Thank you, Lighthouse Church, for your fundraising. We're so grateful. Another cool thing that happened this year is we were able to adopt another missions partner, Pastor Atama and Mel Vakalalabure. Say that with me. Vakalalabure. So Pastor Atama is a good friend of mine. He's actually a Fijian-born pastor who has grew up and worked at a church in Hawaii for many, many years. And he felt the call of God to give up the palm trees of Hawaii uh, and move to the palm trees of East Timor. And, you know, I don't know if you know a lot about East Timor, but East Timor really is 
developing nation with capital D. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, it, it's, it's so underdeveloped, uh, and it's got an incredible history. And ironically, if you look at you know, its independence and, and, its, and its, its, its ascendancy as a nation, Irish peacekeepers were actually sent there in the early 2000s to protect the people of East Timor. So we have this weird connection, again, Ireland and Timor. So Pastor Tam has gone there, he and his family, his wife, he, his wife, and his four children, everybody, packed up shops, sold everything they had, house, cars, everything, and moved to East Timor at the beginning of this year. And we were able to say to them, hey, we want to be with you. We want to partner you with you. We want to support you. So we adopt them as a ministry partner. And over the last nine months, they've been doing incredible things, helping the broken, the downtrodden, the discouraged, and a lot of work with young adults and youth. And so we're able to adopt them as ministry partners. And I want to encourage you to pray for them, if you will, daily, because God is using them to do amazing things in East Timor. How crazy to think on a Sunday morning in February that Lighthouse Church, we, Navin Dublin Dock, are making an impact in literally hundreds of lives in Brazil and now in East Timor. That's worth celebrating today. So grateful. Another thing that we're committed to uh, is the planting and starting and launching of new churches. Because whenever God wants to reach a town, he starts a church. Because a church is a family. And salvation, people coming to Jesus, isn't people praying a prayer or being saved from hell. Salvation is becoming part of God's family. Living out on earth a little bit of the reality of heaven. If we want to make a lasting, uh, long-term impact in a community, the most effective way of doing so is launching a good, healthy, God-honoring, Bible-preaching, jesus worshiping holy spirit empowered church and so that's who we are it's why we're here and so we're committed to doing in ireland and all over europe so last year uh, we were able to partner with a church uh, that had a vision to launch a church like ours in the city of bucharest romania and so intro church was launched and their team are here, I don't know, two, three, four times. They're inspired by what God is doing here. We're able to encourage them. We're able to equip them. We also were able, because of your giving, to bless them financially and help their church launch. And just talking to Pastor Daniel the other day, the stories of what God is doing is amazing. And of course, another country that God has connected us to so tightly is the nation of Romania. And our church could not be what it is if it wasn't for all the wonderful... Come on, let's celebrate the nation of Romania, everybody. We love the Romanians. Um, and here on the home, on the home front, uh, we were able to help launch one more life-giving church on the island of Ireland. A few months ago, Abbey Life Church in Belfast, from Bucharest to Belfast, launched Pastor Darren and Suzanne Jennings, stepped out in faith, launched a great church, and they're flying in again, hearing the stories, hearing the reports, what God is doing. I'm just, I'm just thinking that even though we're out there, we're not setting up the stuff, we're not, you know, preaching, we're not, but somehow through our prayers and through our generosity, we're helping to make an impact and difference, a difference in Belfast and Bucharest and so many other places. As we endeavor to uh, help support churches, literally right now, it's not something we get to talk about every Sunday. There are so many churches that we're connected to, so many churches we're helping launch. In fact, in our Dublin venue today, we have a team uh, from London that are launching a brand new life-giving church in the city of London next year called Infinity Church, everybody. Come on, let's show our appreciation. Let's celebrate those guys. And again, if you know anyone on the continent of Europe 
or England, or specifically London, make sure you connect them to their social media account because we want to help them launch a great church for the glory of God in that city. We are committed at every level to support, finances, or sending, whatever it is, to help launch new life-giving churches. Amen. And of course, it's, uh, it's, it goes without saying that our Dublin location was, in fact, one of those churches at one time. In fact, our Dublin location was the first Ark Church in Europe. And when you think about, as I was just going through previous Vision Sundays in preparation to today, when I think about how many times we have stepped out in faith and God has answered and honored that faith, and that here we are today living in, like I said, a miracle. Last year, here's a photo. Uh, we, we, we thought, of man, wouldn't it be so incredible if God would give us the resource and the people to be able to move from screen three into the eye center. It seemed, it seemed so surreal. In fact, I can remember the very first prayer meeting we ever had here where we gathered a bunch of people from our church to go, do we think God is calling us to launch a church in Dublin? And will we do it? Can we do it? And we actually had booked the smallest room in the cinema because we're only a small group, but God had bigger plans. They messed up the booking and we ended up getting in here. And we're thinking, this place is huge. And I was like, you know, okay, spread out, guys, and pray. I said to you in the back, spread out. Like, phone the person. They're so far back there. It's crazy. And we prayed. And we felt the Holy Spirit say, you know, say to us, it's, this is a good thing. So we launched the church. And for years, we were always wondering, you know, will the day ever come where we will have church in the iSense? And of course, last year, we moved into the iSense. And that was incredible. We were all in awe and humble and amazed. But then something crazy happened. It kept growing. And now we're like, the ice sense is too small. What are we going to do? And we had this crazy idea. Well, what if we do two services? Like, what's well, insane? I mean, we had to go, you know, go to the cinema. We had to, uh, to basically cast vision, raise extra money because it costs money. And just before Christmas in September, I still haven't found looking for Sunday, Dublin launched two services. And what's so cool to our Navin location, Dublin location, thank you for praying for us, supporting us. But as I'm here now looking out at our crowd, again, we're almost getting to the point where we're full again. So I don't know what we're going to do next, but what I do know is we're just faithful and obedient going in the right direction. Let's talk about our Navin location for a few moments. I was looking back. Yeah, come on, sure. Appreciation for our Navin family. <laughs> Pastor Sam, all team, we love you guys. But as I was looking back at last year's, this time last year's vision message, uh, Navin was still meeting in the nightclub. Now, our Dublin location don't know this, but right now people in Navin are like, oh, even the word, swanling, oh. It's like brings back so many bad memories, you know, smelly, dark, no heating, smelly, dark, no heating. And as I mentioned, the fact there was no heating. It's like, it's like at one point it became clear that our strategy to combat hell is make our church so cold the devil would never come to it. You know what I'm saying? It was freezing. And it was awful. But well done. Well done. On a walk to our navigation for persevering. Come on. For showing up. And so last year, our big prayer request, and even like as we launched our Heart for the House last year, our big prayer request was, Lord, you know, would you make a way for us to have a better place to meet? And when the opportunity came uh, in, the, in the form of St. Stephen's National School, it was like, this is an incredible opportunity. What a facility, what a venue, what favor we would have, what partnership we'd have with the people there. It's like, we need, we need, we need, to, we need to raise some finances. And so we put it to the church, hey, would you help us raise some finances? And you all went above and beyond our wildest dreams. And so last March, we were able to launch our Navin location into St. Stephen's National School, everybody. 
And if you're in our Dublin location, and, or if you're in your our Dundalk location and never went to Navin, go visit, because it's amazing and inspiring to see what God is doing through our church in Navin. We're believing this year is a big year for our Navin location. Let's talk about the dock location for a few minutes. Obviously, this is the baby, everybody. This is the baby. Now, when I was preparing for this, I was going through, like I said, other vision talks, and I went back to 2021, where the vision talk was called NUA. And the idea was, out of, uh, next slide, please, out of, uh, out of COVID and all that junk, God was going to do a new thing. And we had been praying and preparing, and I couldn't tell you publicly yet exactly all that was happening, but I t- this is actually a slide from that vision talk. You can see the background. Uh, I said, hey, we have a location. Can't tell you where it is yet, but we have it. Uh, we have team leaders. Can't tell you who they are yet, but we have them. And we have a date. Can't tell you when it is yet, but it's going to happen. And then a year later, at the next Vision Sun, 2022, we start interest meetings in Starbucks in the dock. Next slide, please. And here's a little photo of Rebecca and Julian and just a small group of people who are there saying, hey, let's, let's just start showing up every month and just inviting people and see, you know, is it God, is it good for us? Is the Holy Spirit leading us into launching another life-giving church in the town of uh, Dundalk? Well, this next month, March, it will be one year since the launch of our church in Dundalk. Here's some photos of what the church looks like right now. I mean, it's amazing. Come on, everybody. Amazing. So proud of Rebecca and Yuli and Sophia and the little addition that's to come to all of our team in Dundalk. You inspire us. It's like, man, we stepped out in faith and said, let's pray, let's give, let's go. But it's you coming alongside, answering the call of God, stepping up and into your extraordinary purpose that's now making us think, man, maybe we should believe God for greater things. Maybe we should plant another one. It's kind of like if, if you're that person who's had more than two or three kids. It's like when you have an easy pregnancy and an easy birth, it's bad news. Because all of a sudden you go, we could go again. Uh, which pray with that. Uh, and it's like, man, we, we can go again. This is amazing. We can plant more church. So we love you guys. We support you. and We bless God for you. You are literally inspiring a nations. Come on. One more time for the dog family. And of course, something that's really important to us is new people because our church exists for those who are not yet here. When people join our church, when they become part of our church, they're family, we love them, we want to help them grow in the relationship with Jesus, but we never put our focus on the insiders at the expense of the outsiders. The natural propensity, the natural draw, the natural default of church is always towards the inside. And something is wrong when our conversations become about where we place pianos and the color of the lights and aesthetics and and service flow and not mission. Our conversation should always be, what can we do to help those who are far from God find and follow Jesus? And so a huge part of what we do is we want our our churches, especially our Sunday services, to be accessible and encouraging to those who are far from God. Last year, in all three locations, we had 1,206 brand new people. Come on! come to our churches and because of the amazing work our next steps teams do come on in the dock in navin here in dublin over 400 of those were connected 42 people recommitted their lives to christ and 52 people decided to follow jesus So every week, man, we're hustling, we're working, we're serving because we know people are coming. And as we grow and expand, we're trusting God for greater things. I was looking back at a vision talk from a few years ago, and it was like, we had 40 new people. 
And it's like, yes! And it just blows my mind how far God has taken us and the sense that we still haven't arrived yet. So this year, our focus is let's keep just getting... We can't make people follow Jesus, nor do we want to. We, can't, we don't want to manipulate or coerce or force people into a relationship with Jesus. All we can do is set up a date. Is get them here in the hope that their path and Jesus' purpose will collide and God will do something in their lives. And last but not least, another huge part of folk. And again, I could literally spend the next three weeks just going through all the wins in every ministry, in every area. I could talk about pastoral care. I could talk about, for example, last year we gave to the uh, uh, Turkey uh, relief. Remember the earthquake that happened there? You guys blessed uh, Turkey, which you're giving, and a whole bunch of people were helped through that giving. I could talk about our kids' ministry. I could talk about our youth next gen, our young adults. There's so many things I could talk about, but unfortunately, I don't have time. But the last thing I want to focus on is, of course, our connect groups. Because our church is not a Sunday service. Our church is a community. It's a family. And just yesterday, I was chatting to one of our team leaders, Lavi, who leads the band here in Avid, uh, Dublin, forgive me. And she was talking about uh, you know, just some stories of what God was doing through connect groups. And it's like, even though I know this, this is why we do these things, it's always amazing to hear that just what, that what God is doing in, in the lives of ordinary people as they're connected to groups. And I want to encourage you at the end today as we, consider, as we continue our connect groups and for you to get into a group. So, so many things to celebrate. Come on, let's show our appreciation to, to Pastor Junior and Lucy, all of our connect group leaders, connect group leaders in the dock, connect group leaders in Navin, and of course our connect group leaders here in Dublin. Okay, let's shift a gear and turn a corner, moving from celebrate to contemplate. So what are some things then that we think we want to we pray into and focus on over the next six months to a year? The first thing is this, our heart for the house offering. So I mentioned this before lockdown, that was, it was something that was important to me, that every year I think it's important that we as church do an internal fundraiser for our church. Again, maybe you don't know this, but because we have great partnerships with other churches around the world, other churches, I mean, like literally, there's people waking up at the crack of dawn all over the world praying for you, praying for you. And when it comes to like, we need help with this project or this outreach or we need this equipment, there's people who are giving to us to help us do what we do. And in the summer, churches will send short-term teams to us to partner with us in different events like Fun Week. We're so blessed by the partnership and the friendship of life-giving churches around the world who want to help us like Pastor Randy and others who've been here in the last few months. However, that's great, but it's our church. It's our church. And it's good for us to take responsibility for our church. And as a pastor, you know, I've been in ministry now almost 20 years, I leave this church 16, almost 17 years, I have learned that giving is not just about solving a need. Giving is not just about charity. Giving is actually a spiritual discipline. Like, we cannot grow in Jesus if we aren't becoming more generous. And yes, generosity isn't just about money. Generosity can be generosity of spirit, kindness, all these things. But nothing tests or stretches our generosity more than money because we're so attached to it. And I want to encourage you today that when you think about this room that we're in in Dublin, the room you're in in Dock, the school in Navin, today's mundane was yesterday's miracle. Like, what is normative right now? Oh, yeah, it's just, just where we meet. This is, it's normal to go to St. Stephen's. It's normal to be uh, in the venue. It's normal to be in the venue. Like, uh, at some point, a group of people were praying, believing, trusting, and sacrificing financially to make this possible. Today, what is normal was yesterday a miracle. Now, what that also tells me, what well, tells me two things. One is we should always be reminded of the faithfulness of God. 
When you read the Old Testament, many, many times God kept reminding His people, remember, remember, remember. Why? Because remembering what God did yesterday gives us encouragement for today and hope for tomorrow. So it's good for us to never forget what God has done for us. But secondly, it inspires us. Why? Because today's obedience is tomorrow's opportunity. Today's obedience is tomorrow's opportunity. This, this church, as a church, we, we never uh, are in a position where we haven't been yet where we financially break even by ourselves every year. Every year we're trusting, believing, reaching out for great things, and every year there's a need to raise money. And so this year, as we think about key projects we want to do with kids, with youth, with our missions teams, we're saying, hey, you know what? We're going to do it anyway, because that's the kind of church we are, and I'll explain more with that in a second. But wouldn't it be great if we had some resource we could really invest? Like our kids' church do such an amazing job, but they're always needing new equipment, new stuff for our kids, our youth. When our missions teams go out, we don't want them just to arrive there. We want them to be a blessing on your behalf to the people of those nations. We want to be able to be a generous church. So starting today, we're going to launch a Heart for the House campaign. I'm going to ask the false team right now to hand out envelopes. How this works is very simple. Over the next six weeks, I want you to pray. I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God one simple question. God, what is my part in all of this? For, for me, as the pastor of church, again, if you're not part of this church or you're just a guest here, new today, don't feel obliged anyway. This is not for you. You can go to sleep right now. Boom. Uh, but for those who are part of the family, I'm talking to you as family. I'm saying, here's what's important to me. What's important to me is that we all participate, that we all give something. I don't care what the amount I'm not, I'm not interested in the amounts. I'm interested in obedience, participation. So would you commit to pray to God as we end our 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we start New Year and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to give in this offering? We have a goal. Our goal is to raise 20,000 euro in the next six weeks. Uh, last year we had a goal, and we thought, man, that goal is too crazy. We'll never do it. And you guys responded in faith, and you blew our minds. I actually felt convicted, like, I need to believe in my people more. Like, what the heck? Like, I mean, you guys are so generous. And as we think about this goal I want to do, there's just three things. Number one, I want you to pray, like I said. Number two, I want everyone to partner. I want everyone to realize this is a partnership thing. We're not looking for pity. We don't want charity. We're not looking for your spare change. We're not looking for you to, we're not looking for you to feel obligated or to feel guilty. We don't want obligated guilt giving. Scripture says in Corinthians that God loves a cheerful giver. We want you to get the vision of this church and see the impact of what's possible. And as we, as we lay out all these things we're focused on, we want you to become excited about the possibility and the idea that it's good for us to give. And as you partner, we want you to participate by giving something. Giving something. And again, we're not going to police this. I'm not going to chase you down. I'm not going to come to your house and visit you. We're not going to scan a barcode to see who's given on Sundays and let you in. Like, I, no one's going to know whether you give or not or how much you give. But I'm asking you as your pastor, join us in the vision and to ask God, Lord, what should I give in this? What's my part in all this? And just be obedient. Because if we're all obedient in that sense and trust God, I'm sure that not only will we be able to raise our goal, but God will bless us and multiply and it will go above and beyond our goal. Uh, my TV's gone here, guys. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Next slide, please. So uh, let's move on to the last section. What are some things that we want to concentrate on uh, for the next six months to a year? Well, next slide, please. Uh, first of all, I want to say that Easter Sunday, everybody, is coming up on the 31st of March. It's, of course, 
very early this year. I mean, I don't know how this thing works. Supposed to be the moon calendar or something. But like, how is it like in the 24th of April one year and the 31st of March? It makes programming for us very difficult, okay? Because we have like Mother's Day and then St. Patrick's Day and then like Easter Sunday. But nonetheless, we are going to have a great time on the 31st of March. Our theme for this year's Easter is blinding lights. There's going to be a cool opener that may or not include the song that attaches its name. I can't say for, uh, you know, uh, purposes, but there you go. And we're really hoping that this will be the largest Easter we've ever had in all three locations. Now, we're hoping that, but the only way that becomes reality is, if that we, is, that, is that if we, you and me, us together, if we invite people and bring people to Easter. Last year, we had record numbers. It was incredible. And to hear the story, it's not about the numbers. It's about the people and hearing the stories of what God did in people's lives. It's one thing to talk about resurrection. It's one thing to show testimony views that reflect the power of resurrection. But to hear people share, man, I experienced the presence of God and my life will never be the same again. That's what it's about. And so we'll be working hard. We'll be making room. We'll be doing all the things we do. But I want to invite you, join with me in praying, in thinking about who you're going to invite. And put it in the... Don't go anywhere. Don't go on holidays. No wedding anniversaries. Don't die for goodness sake. Like, cancel all those things. Say the grim weeper. Just give me one more week. I've got to be at church Easter. Like, we've got to be there to bring our friends so that, so that people can hear the good news that Jesus lives. Second thing I want to concentrate on is this year our, our conference is happening in Dublin on the 17th to 18th of May. Our conference, our course, is the organization I mentioned earlier that helps launch brand new churches. But the conference is a conference for people like you and me. It's for people who want to grow in their faith, who want to be encouraged and inspired, hearing great leaders all over the world and being, and being, and being updated, but also challenged by what God is doing through them. And we all want to grow this year, don't we, spiritually? We all want to grow in our faith. We all, want to, we, all want, we all want in 2024 to get to the next level, whatever that means and looks like. And one, looks like, and one of the ways you can do that, for sure, is investing in yourself by getting a ticket and being there at our, our conference. A bunch of people from all three of our locations, of course, will be there. Another key thing I want to concentrate on is our kids' fun week, everybody. Come on, five people are excited. We can do better than that. Our kids, fun week, everybody. So right now, go ahead, open your diary, whether it's a paper one or send a carrier pigeon or your iPhone or Android. Actually, if you have an Android, put it away. You know, uh, but every other... <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I'm just putting in your calendar. Hey, first to, first to the 5th of July, we're going to have a fun week. This year, we are going to take it to a whole nother level. We have three different teams coming in from three partner churches. We're bringing the price right down. We're going to invest a lot more. We want this to be something that blesses your kids, but also inspires kids of those who do not know Jesus. And this is not just a, a kid's babysitting week. This is an opportunity for us to be on mission, to, to remind these little children in this crazy world that we find ourselves that Jesus sees them, Jesus knows them, and Jesus love them. So would you partner with us and would you save those dates? And even if you're here at one of our locations and you don't have kids or maybe you're, you're, you're a grandparent or whatever, aunt and uncle, think about whose kids could you invite? Like, is there a neighbor? Is, is, is there a family member? I mean, whatever you do, don't just take the kids and bring them to church. That's just weird. Like, talk to the parents and get permissions and all kind of stuff. But be thinking about who could you be praying into bringing, I mean, part of our kids' fun week this July. Another, of course, key thing to concentrate on is our connect groups. Because life is better. Life is better. 
That's right. And so today is the second week of our Connect group launch, launching all sorts of groups in all three locations. You can scan the QR code. We'll be talking more at the end of service about that. But I want to encourage you, make sure you get in a group because we really, we really see the value and benefit and the importance of us living out our faith in friendship together. Another key thing we're focused on for the next six months is, of course, our missions trips. We're not going to send just one team, but two teams this year, everybody. There'll be a team going to Brazil and a team going to uh, East Timor. There'll be a video later on talking about that, but I want to encourage you, why not consider signing up to a missions trip? At some point as your pastor, I would love for everyone in our church to go on a missions trip at some point. We are in the future hoping to, endeavoring to, uh, have shorter like missions trips like during midterm breaks for you know teenagers that are like three four five days to places in europe but at some point i'd love for everyone to experience what it's like to be in another country helping people uh, in their journey to find and follow jesus so if you're interested uh next sunday the 11th there's going to be an interest night uh is on zoom just show up just, just go to the interest night and then make up your mind and of course you can scan the qr code as we kind of you know, kind of bring this thing to a close then. So, so many things are focused on Easter, uh, ARC, uh, Kids Fun Week, mission trips. As I was praying for this, for this, uh, for this Sunday, uh, God gave me a scripture, and it's found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, uh, and verse 1 to 2. And I want to close with this uh, thought. And, you know, every year I try to figure out, Lord, what, what, what are you, what are, there's lots of things we're celebrating, contemplating, concerning, but, but what are you saying to us as your church? And uh, in the prayer and fasting, I was really seeking God, and God led me to this chapter. It says this in verse 1. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord and the splendor of our God. Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet, and really what he's doing here is he's speaking to the people of Israel uh, before the coming of Christ, telling them, here's what Jesus is going to do. Spiritually speaking, Jesus is going to do something in in a spiritual wasteland that will bring life and life in abundance. Some of the terms he mentions, uh, he talks about places like uh, Lebanon and Carmel and Sharon. Lebanon was this really fertile part uh, of the topography of that day. It still exists. It's kind of like the Sally Gap Miklow, green, lush trees, fertile soil. Carmel is the famous Mount Carmel where the prophet Elijah fought the prophets of Baal, a very important high peak that stands out in its majesty, kind of like Mount Erigal up in Donegal. And the area of Sharon is just this beautiful uh, place, kind of like the Boyne Valley in Meath. And what Isaiah is saying is that even though right now, the world, the world, our culture, our country feels like a spiritual wasteland. God is about to do something. God is about to do something in this desert. Now, people look at what's happening in the desert and say, wow, Carmel's great, but this is greater. Sharon's great, this is greater. I mean, Lebanon is beautiful, but like when you see the glory of what God is doing, everything else fails to rank in comparison to the power and glory of God. Now, the region that Isaiah was speaking of is a, is, is, is a little slither of land right below, just south of the Dead Sea, called the Araba Desert. Here's a picture of what the Araba Desert looks like. That's a desert, everybody. It's barren. It's dead. Nothing grows there. And as I was praying, I was thinking, man, that's Ireland right now. 
That's Europe. There's a few things happening. Lighthouse Church, so-and-so church, Infinity Church, Intro Church, Abbey Life Church. But like, but like it's not green and lush. It's not a living, flour- flourishing place. And it's like God is calling us as a church to rise up in this generation, to rise up in this spiritual wilderness, in defiance of the conditions, in defiance of the culture, despite all the odds and say, God's about to do something here that will be for the glory of God. And when the world sees, even in Ireland, yes, even in Ireland, because it's not by our strength or by our mouth, but by the Spirit of God that these things are happening. And so I was praying and saying, Lord, what are you saying? And I felt God say to me, Jamie, I want you to be a cactus. I want you to be a cactus. Or more specifically, Jamie, you are a cactus. Now, of course, of course, God wasn't speaking to me. It's just me. In case you think, well, you do look a bit like, you know, never mind. Um, what he's referring to is an indomitable defiant, defiant spirit that lives in us, the church, that we will not quit, that we will not give up. What others long for, the beaches and the pantries and the lush green meadows, we say, give me the desert. I was born for this place. It's dry. It's arid. It's hard. No one likes us. No one wants us. People hate us. That's great. I call this place home. This is where I want to be. And what God is saying is God has called us as a church, despite all the challenges in our generation, to be rooted and planted in our church for His glory so that in our lifetime something would happen, a revival of sorts that would see the spiritual landscape of our nation and our continent transformed forever. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of uh, a very important part of our history, the 1916 Rising where we eventually ro- rose up and got our dependence, independence. And one of the, w- the way you say Easter Rising in Irish, as well as Iriamach Nakaska. And Iriamach literally means rise up. And as, as I did a word study in Irish into those two words, Iriamach. It, 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 it carries with us the, the sense of revolution, the sense of, of, of change, the sense of revival that we're not going to be put down, we're not going to be discouraged, we're not going to be dismissed, we're not going to be disqualified. We're going to stand in our place in obedience because we see what not is but can be to the power and hand of the Holy Spirit. And we believe today for what can be as it will be. So I wanted to give you something, something tangible that you could take home that would remind you every time you look at it, man, we are a cactus church. We belong in this wilderness. We're not some like flowery church that you know, dances in the meadow. That's for someone else. We're a cactus church, man. We stand defiantly in this country, trusting God for the revival of our nation. So I want to give you a present. I want to give every single person in all three locations. Right now, Falls Team can hand them out your very own cactus. Yes, a very small cactus but a cactus nonetheless. And it says on your cactus, Iri Amach, which translates as, come on, what did it say it was? Rise up. And I want you to put this cactus somewhere prominent on your dresser, by a mirror, on your office desk. Probably don't put it on your dashboard. That falls to your legs, you're driving, might cause serious damage. Um, I want you to put this somewhere you can see it daily. And every time you see this cactus, I want you to be reminded, God has called us to an extraordinary purpose. God has a plan and purpose for our church. 
God has a plan and purpose for your life. And God has called you for such a time as this, despite the spiritual reality of our nation, to rise up. To rise up and let your light shine that people may come and hear and see and know the liberty, life, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to pray, here's my question. How do we rise up? What can we do practically? How do we rise up? Well, let me give you a few things, and then I'm going to introduce uh, a little testimony video. Number one, commit to a group. This is not rocket science. Would you today make a decision to, like your revolution, your rebellion against the powers of darkness, your revival begins with you saying, I will join a group today. I will talk to the Next Step team. I will talk to some of the pastors. I, I, I want to be part of community. Stop trying to live out Christianity as a solo artist. Join, join, join a group. Find, find some friends. Be committed to community. Number two, partner in a percentage. I've already talked about Hartford House, and I really hope and pray all of us will partake in that offering. Six weeks from now, I believe it's March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, we will collect the offering. You can transfer it digitally before then, or you can save it and give it in cash uh, in between now and then. But over the, next six weeks, six, over the next six weeks, we're doing that. But what I'm talking about here is if you're someone that comes to our church regularly, is on team, in a group, uh, you call Lighthouse Home and are not giving anything, all I'm asking you to do is give something consistently. It can be 1% of your income. Again, no one's going to come and check. But there's something that happens in your life and in our church when all of us are contributing something. Of course, our vision is that everybody would tithe, that is, honor God with 10% of their income and even be generous above the tithe. So for the record, the heart for the house offering isn't you take your tithe out of Sunday and put a heart for the house. That defeats the purpose. Keep your tithing. It's to be challenged by God to go above and beyond your tithing and do something more. So I'm asking you, would you consider, as we pray in a little while, just saying, you know what, I, I, can, do, I, I can do this. I can set up a standing order. I can be consistent PayPal. I can give. Just give something. Partner with us. Number three, why don't you join a team? There's something powerful that happens in your life when you're part of our team. Look around in our Dock location. Look around at our Navin location. Look around in our Dublin location. Like there's, some, there's a joy. There, there's a connection. There's an ownership. There, there's a solidarity. There's something about being part of the team. That yeah, there's sacrifice, serving, showing up early, and so on. But but the joy and the and the benefit and the impact far outweighs the inconvenience and price. Why not join a team? And lastly, why not make a decision to step up and step out for God? That this year is the year where you're going to step up and step out for God. That God has called you to Iriamach to rise up into your extraordinary purpose, to take some steps towards that, to be brave, be bold, and have a vision Sunday for yourself. What's God's vision for your life this year? We are called to inspire the extraordinary. Absolutely.